Good morning, AWS, and welcome to the AWS Morning Brief, the week of February 3rd. This episode is sponsored in part by InfluxDB. If you need a time series database, you have a few options. You could pick Amazon TimeStream, or you could pick something that actually ships, you can use today, and isn't ridiculous vaporware. Influx has offerings that are both managed as well as open source. You can run it wherever you need them to be. To learn more, visit InfluxData.com. And my thanks to them for their generous sponsorship of this ridiculous podcast. So what happened last week in the world of AWS? Surprisingly little by Amazonian standards. Amazon managed Cassandra service now supports ordering clauses in CQL queries and AWS CloudTrail logging. This opens up Pandora's box of just how the hell do you pronounce CQL in such a way that you A, don't get yelled at by randos on the internet, or B, get it confused with SQL or SQL, which is how I would pronounce both of those things because I'm probably wrong. Amazon RDS for MySQL supports authentication with Active Directory. It's Good to know that things like this exist outside the realm of random generators that automatically consume previous release announcements and smash words together. This is real, but I don't understand who the hell would ever build something this way. AWS Backup is now available for Amazon Elastic File System in four additional regions. I see. So previously... They announced cross-region backups are now supported in AWS Backup, but there is apparently a caveat as to which regions those are, which they didn't exactly trumpet in the previous announcements. That's okay. I'm sure that everyone checks their backups before they need them, right? AWS Certificate Manager Private Certificate Authority now offers CloudFormation resources which is awesome, but you're going to want to be careful. At $400 a month per private CA, Mistakes with your logic can get fiendishly expensive if you don't catch them immediately. Please don't ask me how I know. AWS OpsWorks for Chef Automate now supports in-place upgrades to Chef Automate 2, but you'll be far better off upgrading right the hell out of Chef entirely into Docker or some other form of immutable infrastructure as the industry decided was best in roughly 2016. There's a new digital course called Architecting Serverless Solutions that AWS is offering. It's now free to spend three hours of your life in a digital training course in which you're told that you're building applications completely wrong today and need to evolve all of your software development approaches. I swear, it's like these people have never once looked at the serverless hashtag on Twitter and realized how these conversations are going to come across. Update on Amazon Linux AMI End of Life. AWS once again fails to catch Google in its core competency of turning things the hell off and sets back their original end-of-life date for Amazon Linux by a full six months. The results of the 2019 AWS Container Security Survey. Do you remember that? Of course not, because I don't remember that and I do this for a living. Diving into this a bit, it turns out that they had 90 people view the survey, which is depressing. I have uh, over an order of magnitude more people listening to this ridiculous podcast every week. So I'm sure the results are interesting and in no way, shape or form statistically relevant because where the hell did they wind up taking this survey at the bar that they were drinking in that evening? 
But enough ridiculous things that didn't get publicized. Well, let's talk instead for a second about something you have already heard of. That's right, our favorite sponsor, except all the others, Chaos Search, spelled in all caps, but it's just that awesome. Perhaps you have a bunch of data that you want to analyze. Perhaps you want to do a bunch of log analysis with one of the existing vendors out in the world. Perhaps you're a fool because those folks wind up charging through the nose. The beautiful thing about Chaos Search is that it separates out compute from storage as most sensible people would expect them to. And as a result, you can store the data in S3, and we already know what that costs, and run queries through a scalable group of containers that sit right next to it. Latency is far better than you would expect it to be, and architecturally, you don't wind up in absolute hell as a result. So having someone else handle the heavy lifting for you, check. Having a massively reduced log analysis bill, check. Not having to kidnap a princess for ransom to pay for something that just irritates you all the time, double check. Visit them to learn more at chaossearch.io and tell them Corey sent you. Then listen to them shaking their heads, sadly wondering just what the hell I've shot my mouth off about this week. Receive AWS Developer Tools notifications over Slack using AWS Chatbot. This is a nice idea, but I'm pretty sure that if you're using AWS Code Commit, AWS Code Build, AWS Code Deploy, and AWS Code Pipeline, you work at Amazon and you use Amazon Chime instead of Slack, because what are the odds that suddenly you're going to start making good decisions? There's an article on the value of using an email service provider for end user communications on their messaging blog. And I agree, surprisingly, with absolutely everything they say about using an ESP in that blog post, except for the very last paragraph, which suggests that the ESP you use is Amazon's SES or simple email service. Having more than a little bit of experience myself dealing with large scale email systems, SES does fill the mail server role super well, except for the fact that if you wind up trying to, I don't know, send 17,000 people an email every week about snarky developments in something, it falls down hilariously poorly and is completely unsuited for the job as it is for anything that rises above the level of email plumbing. It's an underlying service that's great, yes, but don't use it for things that are actually customer facing. Build some porcelain, build something that's user friendly. Talk to a customer, perhaps. How to set up CloudWatch anomaly detection to set up dynamic alarms, automate actions, and drive online sales. Great, so people don't care about monitoring no matter how much we yell at them, so we're going to pivot into how to use CloudWatch to drive additional sales instead of just monitoring stuff no one cares about. I wish them well in this. It feels like a bit of a bait and switch, but we'll see. Monitoring is a venerable space, and this is at least a new take on it that's either going to work super well or fail in hilariously poor fashion. Automated response and remediation with AWS Security Hub. My whole problem with posts about automated response and remediation is that it invariably pushes what feels completely like undifferentiated heavy lifting away from AWS and onto the customer in the form of, hey, why are these 12 services together yourself to solve this generic problem that basically everyone has? The entire point of Security Hub in the first place when it was announced was to handle all of that undifferentiated heavy lifting for you, and now we've just gone right back into the mess of it. What was the point? And lastly, fact-checking GigaOM's Microsoft-sponsored benchmark claims. This came across my desk and immediately set my teeth on edge. It turns out that 
Microsoft Azure stumbled its way into a briar patch of its own devising by trumpeting the results of a sponsored benchmark that they paid GigaOM to run that shows them handily beating out AWS. Now, first, benchmarks are always going to be questionable. People are going to say they're not fair. If the benchmark makes you look good, you put it in an advertising campaign like this thing. If it makes you look bad, you wind up challenging the entire methodology. No one comes out ahead. This gets arguably far worse if it's a sponsored benchmark. If you pay me to run a benchmark on your stuff, now I can tell you that your stuff is garbage, but surprise, I'm not getting those sweet, sweet marketing dollars the next time you need a benchmark run. My incentive is now, of course, going to make me want to make you look as good as possible. Let's assume for the sake of argument that I am incorruptible and I would never do that. Doesn't actually matter because as soon as we disclose that this is a sponsored benchmark, no one is going to believe it no matter what it says. It just doesn't work. This is also not helped by GigaOM deciding to bury the fact that it was sponsored in the first place in a footnote. It feels dirty and no one looks at this and feels that this makes Azure look good. It looks untrustworthy. I'll take it a step further. If you're marketing your products based upon competitive benchmarks with other offerings, it's very clear that they have really run out of ideas for stories to tell. No one is picking a vendor based on benchmarks, full stop. And on GigaOM's side of the defense, they have a strong brand. And I understand they have to pay the bills, but man, does this erode confidence in who they are and what they do. And that's what happened last week in AWS. Thank you for listening. And of course, thank you to our sponsors, Influx and Chaos Search. I am cloud economist Corey Quinn coming at you from San Francisco or wherever horrifying AWS bills happen to be. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you've hated it, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell me what my problem is. You promise to leave a review. I promise to pretend to care what you have to say. Stay humble.